Hey, everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one. And they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. Nicole Murphy and Lori Harvey find themselves in some Real Housewives tea. What in the Nelly Furtado Maneater is going on here? Little Nas X breaks history. And we have YouTube's most sought-after sexologist, Miss Sham Bodie, in the building. Stay tuned. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and live from Los Angeles, California, it's AfterBuzz Tonight with Jesse Janity. AfterBuzz TV's first late-night talk show with a millennial mindset. From trending topics to interviews with your favorite influencers, celebrities, and performers, we've got it all. So grab your favorite late-night snack and join the conversation. And now your host, Jesse Janity. Yo, what up, AfterBuzz? It's your boy DJ Jesse J, a.k.a. Jesse Janity in studio. And welcome to AfterBuzz tonight. I'm joined in studio by one of my faves in the world. We got Miss Jamie Gray in the building. What's up, everybody? And hello, Jesse. I'm loving that talk. <laughs> Thank you. You look so swaggy, though. Let's oh, give it up thanks. for our, our host, like Jesse. Come I really on. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? I, I wore ready. this twice this week, and that's fine. Oh. But when I wore it the second time, now I'm getting compliments. Appreciate did you, did it. Did you wash it, a, though? The first was a warm-up. Absolutely not. Oh. What? Twice in the washer? I'm not going right. to kill it. Okay. I mean, it doesn't do nothing crazy. All right? <sighs> I've been busy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's been a lot. Okay. Life has been a lot. Life is a lot. Is. I'm just like corporate. Uh, no, really. What are we, three, four neck. weeks? How many shows have we done? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm also working on this new project. It's called Jesse's House. And I've hey. talked about this for years and years and years. You know, also, uh, I, I didn't give you the introduction. I also want to give an introduction out to Ashley Gray in the chat room trying my patience. Ooh, what's she do? All of it. Oh, Whatever all of it, it is. That's what she's doing. She's trying my patience right now. <laughs> Acting like we got a, a, a contest Ashley. going on. All right. Shout out to the Aries. Shout out to the Aries in the building. We got uh, <laughs> Shan Booty in the building. She and Aries as well. Yes. Um, okay, but no, I've been uh, working on my new show, Jesse's House. So I know a few years back, if you guys remember, I dropped a little teaser for it. Had to pull back. You know what I mean? As we said, life happens. Yeah. But did a little rework, a little rejudge. Going to have some promos popping out by my birthday. Up, you, know? you know what I mean? I'm not a big birthday person. I'm not like a big like, what are we going to... I don't have enough money to go celebrate my birthday like the way I want to. Like Otherwise, right. it's like I'm going to a restaurant, going to do something cute, you know? Maybe yeah. Like, In due take time. Take day off from work. We'll get there. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Huh, a few more episodes of these, huh? <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Also, this Friday, I'm really excited because I'm super excited because I don't know if you guys know, but... There is a big concert that's about to happen. I don't know if you guys have yes. heard of this concert. Uh, this website called The Singer's Room. Oh, no. Actually. Okay. It's a music blog if you just appreciate people who actually sing. But you know I what I mean? Sing. Like, you don't want to get mixed up in, like, the R&B, the, the rap, and yeah. the, the, the pop. Like, you know what I mean? You got a little mix of everything in there. It's all music and singing. Like, if you don't have vocals, you're not going to be featured. You're cut. Okay. <laughs> well, so they're doing a, uh, they're working together with Pidgey Productions. Uh, they're going to do a showcase with Gabe Pidgey, R&B Kenny, and Ray Luis. 
dope. You know who that is? Have no clue. Oh my god, I'm School so me. excited. Um, she's just an amazing singer, and she's going to be coming onto the show, and I'm very excited dope. for it. So it's going to be in Long Beach. So if you're in the LA area, uh, go check out Gabe Pidgey, and that's P I G E's page. Uh, you guys can get tickets through that. Right. Okay, awesome. Right. Um, but really importantly, what we need to talk about is Destiny's Child just celebrated. Come on. Well, really, only Kelly Rowland is because she's the only one who really did set anything on Instagram. Right. But uh, it's the 20th anniversary of the writings on the wall. Okay, the writings. On I don't the know wall. about you guys, but like, hi, my commandments. I love that Blasphemous. album. I said it. <laughs> wait, wait. So wait, what is your what's your favorite track on this album? Classic. There's some, or, or I'll give you. You can no, choose a couple. I mean, it's okay. Hard. I mean, it, it really is hard. It's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing mighty fine. That's how I sing. It's been a long At time. First we started off real cool. Taking me places I ain't. See, he always messes me up with the note. Get the note right. First one. The day you piss me off. Who she call? She called Mike. Tyrone? Okay. No, oh, okay. See? <laughs> Erica Badu. See, I don't think I like that track as All right, much. what about Buggin' What? You Buggin' What? You Buggin' Who? You, you Buggin' Me, don't you need it? ain't cool. It's not hot. I know you see me watching you. And, and I, I see you watching me. This is why I do the ad-libs. I promise, though, it's my album. Now that she's gone, you want to come back? See, he's trying to he's trying to like do me up one. What's another one? Throw me another one. Jumpin', jumpin'. Ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and their pockets full of grown. <laughs> All right. There you go. Oh, baby, where'd you go? <laughs> ah! This is not the day. Give me another one. Mm, these were it. not. These <clears throat> are, Come on, ready? Let's do okay. it. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Thou shall say my name. There we go. Boop. Follow some SoundCloud. Okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> we are on, real Destiny's Writing's Child on the wall. Yeah. Hit it there. All right, but let's talk about it. So let's get into some topics. Okay. Speaking of music, people actually can carry a tune, okay? Well, or maybe not. You know, the ever the ever famous Woodstock. Yes. You know, never been, never heard. Well, you know, our parents <laughs> were really into it and all that. Maybe, They're, yeah. It's their 50th anniversary. Crazy. They got Miley Cyrus headlining, Chance the Rapper. Now, I don't know if you remember, but back in April, there was a little rumor that it was going to be canceled. Yeah. But now they say they're looking for a new venue. <sighs> this sounds like Fire Festival. Yeah. Like, guys, get it together. You're running out of time. You know? Mm. I hate unprofessionalism, and I definitely, Firefest was definitely a flop, so let's not let that happen. Do I think it'll happen with uh, with this? Not at all, because they've been known to have a great festival. Been, it's been going on for 50 years. I mean, it's Woodstock. It like, just, if y'all can't find investors to make this, like, work in America, it's not like we're a fire festival in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they play themselves if that can't happen. The 50th anniversary, <laughs> you gotta make it big, but it's like, come on. Do do. Um, well, so anyways, Jay Z was supposed to be a part of this. He pulled out because he's like, this looks like a train wreck. Um, not only that, but Jay Z really don't even got to do it because he has his own Made in America tour uh, concert, which will be a two day concert. Yes, uh, it's lit. September first weekend. You know what I mean? Bringing the Virgo season all aboard. Choo choo. Um, I'm excited for it because honestly, his headliners are bigger. He got Cardi B and Travis Scott. 
But okay, here's my thing. Because of just the generation and how they are now, Jay Z is hot. He always has been. But I feel like a lot of them might be more hype for Travis Scott and Cardi versus Jay Z. Honestly, I would be yeah. hyped for Jay Z. But, but like, wait, what? Okay, yeah, no, no, I get what you're that's saying. That's how the generation. But what is. I love about Jay Z and Beyonce is like they've created this concert where yeah. it doesn't have to rely on Jay Z and Beyonce. Right. It's like mm, we're gonna sit out this year and Travis. We're gonna <laughs> let the kids play. I'll do a know? song or two. We'll let Travis come out. Yeah, like sure. if Beyonce. If you want to like sing something on the Lion King, <laughs> come on down, girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it could be something like that. But for the most part, I'm just kind of like, I think Jay Z is like, this is where the kids are paying attention. This is where they're listening. Why do I need to be a part of Woodstock? Like that's old. It's like, right, old news. Mm. Out with the old. Have the new. fun, Miley. Although Chance the Rapper loved the new album. Yes. Very cute. Pop Handsome. Okay. A bop. He's so fine. Uh, Ashley Gray in there talking about jumping jump in the chat room talking about jumping jump was her jam. Okay, Facts. Miley Cyrus exhausting. She can have several seats. She sure can. Um, and you're tired of these whack ass music festivals. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, we're with you. We feel you. You. I mean, honestly, like if you're not gonna give me homecoming, no, really, no, really. What's gonna top that? Like Ariana, you performed your exact concert, and I the literally year said, after Beyonce just showed out. Like, like and you get the same amount. <laughs> As Queen B, like granted, Ariana's talented, but when she was performing, I was like, privilege. "Are you okay?" White privilege. Mm. Yeah. You know. All right, moving on from that. Uh, Chris Brown, Drake. You know what I mean? They have always been infamous for working with each other, whatnot. Deuce's remix, Nicki Minaj only, like just they got hit, so they came out with no guidance off Chris's new album, <laughs> Indigo. Check it out. Yes, like thirty-seven songs or whatnot. <laughs> Um and they dropped the video for No Guidance which was nine minutes I wasn't ready and I mean it was simple it was cute it was whatever you know Chris Brown was out here with his hair Drake bringing his acting skills being a clown <laughs> not with his it? hair I loved it did you like it? I thought it was really cute I'll never watch it again really? Like, I actually I for okay. nine minutes of my life no it was a great I would it. skim through it. No, I you know? feel like now we need to create. Like, I hope he had a backup video. So, like, I showed you that one. And you go to that one. But now here's, here's the, the real, real one. Yeah. Three minutes and 45 seconds. Well, I mean, they probably will. But, like, I liked it. I love the creativeness of it. I like seeing them together again. Because remember back in 2014, the ESPYs, they did do a skit together. That was funny. Chris Brown and Drake. Yep. Because it was after the whole Rihanna triangle, love triangle thing going on. And they made it work. So, I'm glad to see them together again. Yeah. I'm... I'm here for it. It was cute. I loved it. Um, and that's really that. All right. Shout yeah. out to Janine Doyen in the chat room building. Hey, girl. And uh, Koei. I'm assuming that's your name. But, <laughs> we and love all of you. Ashley said Drake look well fed in this. Drake look fine. He. I'm fine. Like, this is the way I want Drake to remain in. Well, maybe like nope. 10 pounds less. 10 pounds? This is my, this is my well, preference. And the anorexia is gone. No, no, this would be some lean muscle that he would have because he's just a little husky. Not and that's okay. lean muscle, a little Herbalife. Just him. drink an Herbalife shake in the morning. I mean, because nobody was loving Drake back in the like early OVO days. I was, but okay. Now everybody loves Drake. Okay. You know. From anyway. the day Drake came out. I Drake guess. Drake been it. Drake missed, missed a few years, I'd say like 2000, <laughs> was it 2015, 16? 
for uh, a win. Oh no, he like went through like a period, and it was like a little Rob Kardashian almost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he pulled yeah, it together he sure did. real quick. He did real mm-hmm. quick. Oh, what's going on in your life, Drake? Come on, on the show and talk about it. All right, Aubrey. All right, girl. What's going on on Twitter? Oh my gosh, so so much is going on on Twitter, but we got some good news. We got a little bit of UNITY. Hey. So female rappers are finally coming together, and who is it? None other than Nicki Minaj and Meg Thee Stallion. Hey. So we love seeing just females together, but this was really dope because they got on IG Live together, mm-hmm. and I, of course, caught wind of this via social media. I was not looking at any of them live while it was happening, but it literally drove friends crazy just to see them talking. Meg was giving major props to Nikki, saying she loved her songs. Although, like, the I don't know if you saw the video. Mm-hmm. Okay, did you think that the conversation was a little awkward at times, too? Yeah, it felt yeah. forced. It uh-huh. felt like... Okay, here's my real tea <laughs> of how I really felt about it. I loved it. I really appreciate it. I want it to happen. I want Nikki and Meg on the same song. I want this for my life, for your lives at home. I want it for our lives. Like, Nikki needs to pull it together. Like, Cardi B just sat with Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Like, Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> Were you about to call her Nickelodeon? I was going to call her Nicolette. Uh, <laughs> Onika Mirage. Girl, What? Cardi's out here sitting with presidents, and you out here wearing Meg the Stallion's hair. Because did you notice in the Instagram Live, they switched hair. Literally, if you yeah. look at their icons, Meg's is red and Nikki's is black, the right. Megatron, and then whatever, Hot Stallion or whatever, and they flipped it <laughs> in the live. I felt like this was contrived. I felt like it was, they made it seem like, oh, the internet got them to be on lives together, but I feel like it was PR that drove that little buzz. Yeah. But I don't care because I love it and I'm here for it and I want this to happen and I feel like, I hope that Nikki teaming up with the female rapper will... Hopefully do a little something. Do something. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, fans were here for it. Um, I mean, I did think it seemed a little forced, like for instance, when Nikki was rapping and they were rapping at the same time, Megan didn't know all the words, mm, nope. but that's your song. Mm. Okay, like you should have just chose Monster and called it a day, you know what not whatever other song she was singing because I didn't know it. But uh, the we tweet that one. You, uh, pick one, we'll pick a good one. Keep so it here, you yeah. know, go but back. she said, bitty, bitty. Um, "You might as well go back to that." Right? She's been retweeting this whole situation too, though, so which is a little sketchy. It's like, okay, we already saw you on live. Why are you retweeting, retweeting everything? But one of but the things, if you were Meg The Stallion yeah. and you grew up and you're like obsessed with Nicki Minaj, and all of a sudden now Nicki Minaj is like. Reaching out to you, bitch. Yeah. Retweet, 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 we retweet, yeah, retweet. That's a good point. Lil Nas X would be. Yeah, I'm still giving it the side eye. But speaking of Lil Nas X, okay, so we all know Baby that died. he is. I guess Baby an ex Nicki Minaj stan. Mm. Okay, we we did not forget. Okay, but uh, he's been trolling Twitter, but he's also making history again. So the first thing is, um, I think he might be a little overwhelmed, okay? So one of his oh. tweets, yeah, I know, just, just from the, the looks of his tweet, okay, he says, Wow, man, last year I was sleeping on my sister's floor, had no money, struggling to get plays on my music, suffering from daily headaches, now I'm gay. So I literally Same. busted out laughing when Same I saw move. this. He's trolling, but it's like, this is what he does best. Someone tell him to log off of Twitter, take a break. Um, But I just think it's really interesting how, you know, he's gotten so far. 2019 has just been a great year for him. And he's already making big moves because he now has the longest running record in Hot 100 history. Ever. That's incredible. First of all, like, for hip-hop, for black people, for black men, for gay black men, like... Bro, 
Yeah. Kudos. I mean, like yeah. Like, you just broke records. Like, not only are you selling, but, like, you're breaking, like, records. Do you think he should get and his name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, or is it too soon? Because, I mean, that is a huge record. At this point, like, you <sighs> are history. You're, you like him you more are. than I do, I guess. Right? He seems like such a machine operated I'm thing. Sorry. And maybe it's so working. So doesn't Beyonce, but she's still out here slaying everyone. Well, maybe I just need some Come more on, time. Ashley, what do you have to say about that? I guess. But yeah, that is that is our star tweets, and you know what? I'm proud of all uh, of them. We're Ooh, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Let's get into the chat room real quick. Yeah. Uh, hold on, because I was agreeing with you, Ashley, where you said Nikki and Meg were a snooze fest, and Nikki only did that for clout. True. And she wouldn't be calling Meg if she didn't need the views. True. But then... And then you talk about Mighty Most, talking about Jermaine Dupri, says that female rappers should just call what they do strap. I low-key see that and kind of agree with that. <laughs> Anyways, um, but Ashley, you sitting over here talking about that song is not history, but it is. Not for me, Ashley. I agree no, no, with no, you. no, no. Like mm. you don't think it. You don't think it is that. But but like literally, like number wise, like in in history, like. It is. Do we really think it's going to stick in history? But it doesn't matter because, like, compared to, like, any other song that comes out that's going to... Any other artist, like, who's going to have to compete like that? Like, Mariah Carey been held in that. And, like, now, like, you have to compete with I'm so pissed that this song has been even lasting this long. So, you're... We can agree to disagree. um, And that's that on that. Hmm? Mm. I just... I can't. Not... I just can't with the song. I... And can't nobody tell me nothing. And there we go. Nobody tell me nothing. nothing. All, right, All right. Well, we that time. someone about to tell us something because, ladies and gentlemen, we about to have uh, the one, the only Miss Shambody in the building. Yeah. She did a little White Room uh, interview for us real quick. You know what I mean? We had to ask her a few questions before she comes in live. So stay tuned. I'm Shambody with After Buzz tonight. And I'm about to answer some questions. Answering these questions quickly. Who gave you your most memorable orgasm? My husband, Jared Brady, and it was, we had sex in a car once, and it was the first time that he tossed my salad. It was very memorable. What is your favorite song off Destiny's Child, Writings Off the Wall? It is Illusion. I don't even know if that's the right one, but Days in My Mind is Confusion. Thoughts of You Bring Illusions. That's the one. If you could give Donald Trump intimacy advice, what would it be? I would say that healthy relationships are built off of self-insight, emotional regulation, and mutuality. And you are definitely missing two or three of those things, mama. Um, where was the worst place you've had sex? I would say, honestly, a beach. Sand gets in places that you don't want sand. Sand is not uncomfortable for gliding and sliding. I think in movies it's great, but in practicality, nah. Why do most men ghost? Men ghost women because um, they're not compatible with the person and we live in a society that doesn't talk about our feelings and feels uncomfortable with accountability. But mostly you get ghosted because they just don't see something in you and that's okay. But maybe work on it, but it's still okay. Maybe not, maybe goodbye to him, whatever. My name is Shan Booty, this is After Buzz tonight and those were some great steamy questions. Yo, she is the internet's most sought after sexologist. She is a dating expert, writer, best-selling author with her book laid, and she just dropped the game of desire. Ladies and gentlemen, Shambody in the building. I honestly feel so intimidated by your wacky voices. Why? I don't know. I, it's just, I, I feel like I gotta do the same thing too. I gotta match you. It's really weird, but yeah. like, if someone asked me one time, they're like, why do you do that? And I was like, honestly, I just see life as a cartoon. You should be like, because this is so much fun. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's just this voice, and then sometimes 
sometimes I just get really excited and we talk a whole different pitch. No, I'm just kidding. Look right, at your so hands. You, know. you went right into jazz mode. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> just jazz <it. laughs> Thank you for coming in. Well, thank you very much. I love your energy. Like, you're just, like, first of all, watching you online and then, like, to have you in person. It's like, oh, my God, she's, like, really right here. I can touch her. Go ahead. That's a that's a moment in consent, everybody. That? That's a lesson in consent, kids. That's a what? You're Two welcome. pointy arrows connection. Yes, okay. it is. Yes, you asked, I delivered. That was a great exchange. Hey, thank you so much for coming in for real. Because I love honesty, and what I really want to do tonight is um, I need some therapy in my life. Okay, so this is free work. Free work. Yes. <laughs> Sign up, motherfucker. The only reason I do stand up comedy is just so I can get into the club. Okay? No, I'm just um, so you're in Aries. Yes. Are you into horoscopes? I am not into like... horoscopes at all. Why? I think that I believe in myself. Love it. And I mean that I believe that I am responsible for my outcome mm. by my outputs. And so this notion that something as innocuous as when I was born or what planets were doing at a certain time dictates my decision making or controls has control over my fate. One, I don't like that. And two, I've seen people use astrology as a way to... Um, Uh, make excuses for behaviors they really should take accountability for. But that's the thing. I say this as somebody who has never done the dive. Whenever I say this, someone's like, well, you don't know what your rising moon is or your Libra in in Taurus is. I'm like, I don't. So I I know, and my partner's here, and he's into astrology, and he's like, there's this many people who believe in it for a reason. There's fact in it. And my dad is a paramedic, and every time there was a full moon, he said that people would just go a little I just crazy. Heard the same exact thing from a friend. So yes, arms. there's some truth in the planets having a an impact on us. I just don't think to the extent that people believe. Okay, think well, is the is a key word there. I we don't might know. have to pull you up in a little bit. We're gonna have a little. Con- Are a you one of those people who's like a rising moon in in Sagittarius? I actually just found out that actually is my. Re- That's so crazy. I literally just found out this girl at work. Because now I'm in corporate. Um, <laughs> I had this girl at work, she just told me. She was like, what are you? She asked me, like, what time and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's what I am. Okay, yeah, that, that means nothing to me. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I, don't, I really don't either. I just <laughs> you know. You do great voices. Me and, me and Beyonce are, like, in the same, same oh, day. Oh, you know? okay, good so for you. So something from that. I'm hoping nice it rubs off up. or whatnot. All right, so before we get into anything, I want to talk a little bit, do a little hot topic tease yes. with you, right? So right now in the papers, we're talking about Nicole Murphy. <laughs> Are you aware of her tea right now? I heard a snippet because I was on E! a couple days ago, and they were talking about it while I was waiting to get interviewed. So I heard a snippet. Is it that her man is making out with someone else? Oh, no. It's even juicier. Okay. All right. So basically, she's friends with actress Layla Roshan, and he she is married yes. to Antoine Fuqua, who had, is a director, and they've been married for 20 years, two kids together, 20 years. All of a sudden, Nicole is caught making out with him. Okay. She's a maker-outer. Oh, no, it was just a friendly kiss, like family friends, like I was just saying hi. Then it turned into, you know, she apologizes, doesn't condone this kind of behavior. Um, But Lisa Ray was caught on TMZ not agreeing with that because she was like, well, it's funny she says she don't condone that behavior because she did that with my ex-husband how many years back? Oh, uh oh, and the plot thickens. But Nicole saying that she was told by Antoine that they were separated, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's her like, she doesn't want to apologize for the whole story, but she's going to apologize that, you know, it was intended that way. And I love you guys in the booth, but I think your mic's on. Um, and so I want to just, you know what I mean? Everyone's like bashing Nicole Murphy, but I got you here. So 
two people, they're married for 20 years, you know, obviously there's some sort of intimate relationship there where they understand, you know, why they signed up for this. Mm -hmm. Um, Where could you see the innocence in him stepping out with someone who is close to connected uh, to their family? Yeah, I mean, cheating essentially is when two people create rules. Like, if we created a game right now or some type of commitment to each other, we're going to create the rules and the structure. And so anything outside of those rules and structure is cheating. Mm -hmm. And that's individual depending on who's involved in this particular game or in this relationship. And so maybe in their relationship, it's permissible to go on vacations. And after 20 years, I don't necessarily know if they had the same hard and fast monogamous rules. I'm sure, especially being in the public eye, a lot of their rules, if they do have monogamish, tendencies Mm -hmm. uh, center around not getting caught because you don't want the embarrassment that they're they're now going through as a couple. So I I would assume that this is probably a no for them, but we don't know. But I love that because what that will segue into right now is your relationship. You are very open about open relationships. You just gave Um, us a little a boot. A boot. I know. I don't know. I'm really not (laughs) from Canada at all. I've been there one time in my life. (laughs) Very influential. So, you know. Yeah. It just really stuck with me. Um, But... No, so you you've been very open about being in an open relationship and I love it because I love your conversations about sexuality because it almost is just like a brush off your shoulder like I mean we just read what's on the paper here like Right. Why are we making a big thing of it? You know, and it's so funny because I grew up in a in a world where it was a big thing, you know, religion, all that. For you, when did that was that ever a thing for you and when did you kind of own your your confidence with your sexuality. Oh, it took a long ass time, right? I've, I've been in the sex education space for 13 years. And even in those 13 years, I still yo-yoed. I went back and forth between wanting to really claim my, even my stake in this area, because exactly what you just said, we're taught to believe that it's shameful and that it's uncomfortable and that it's hard for your parents to bring up what you're doing when they're at a dinner party with somebody. It's hard for your partners to really engage what you're doing because it is so out there. And I absolutely applaud people who establish like a prude title for themselves because I'm like that's a sexual standpoint and I completely understand why you would choose that and so I don't look at it like everyone should be sex positive and fluid and open (laughs) and everyone I think of it like you know what I started really finding grace with sexuality when I started to look at it like every single person is here more than likely, 99.9% of people are on this planet because two people had sex. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're not talking okay. about something that, like, you know, weekend vacation in, like, the Poconos that only some people have experienced. Every single person is here because of this act. We are all created. We are all driven by. We all have thoughts about. And so it's what links us together. It's just like food links us together. And food is the great bonders. So we come together and we... we join ideas we join families over food and so sexuality in the same way is like a massive part of who we are and so for us to separate that and make it this like sort of secret taboo Mm -hmm. awkward place when it's such an intrinsic part of us is very harmful for a lot of people because how can we truly understand it if we choose not to speak about it right so we're the same age Mm. and you know i I just said to someone yesterday 85 keeping uh, it alive no i'm saying uh, I'm just saying, some of my birthdays is September. If y'all wish listening and rewinding, okay. so sure. <laughs> he's a rising Sagittarius moon. Yes, Taurus, whatever the falling one is. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but so 
look, took me off of where, where I was going with it. But uh, when it comes to the YouTube world, right, yes. and social media, we got to experience life. This is what I was just saying. I just talked to someone. I said, I really appreciate it that I got to experience life before social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've seen social media grow and you've been a part of the YouTube community and, you know, the social world, how have you seen the structure of one YouTube and being a YouTube star change. Um, let's just start with that first. How have you seen that kind of change as far as, you know, when you first started to where you are now? Yeah, it's a job now, right? Like it truly is its own set of careers. And the market, I think once it became a job, it started becoming a job in 2012, around that time where it's like, wow, people are... Did you are... realize that? You yeah. realized that personally? Or was it well, that I actually was on the internet mad early. So I was on YouTube, like maybe 2008, mm-hmm. and I had a YouTube channel with Those Girls Are Wild, called Those Girls Are Wild, with Andrea Lewis, who was on Degrassi. And w- our channel was pretty decent. But we were making nothing. Like there was no, there was, there was no nothing to be made. There was no brand deals. There was no appearances. There was no money to be had. And so I actually quit in 2011. And then 2012, a friend of mine named Maya, Shameless Maya, she got into YouTube. And then I watched her make a career out of it. And I was like, oh, I got off this ride. It's a little bit too early, you know what I mean? And then I watched all these people create this massive brand around themselves. And so I came crawling back in 2015 um, with much more appreciation and respect. And I think I would never leave YouTube for that reason. But now, I mean, you can make a living off of TikTok. It's mm-hmm. it's really, truly, the whole field is blown open. And so uh, with that, when you look at you know, different YouTubes, a lot of clickbait, things like that. Like, how do you specifically make sure that your content is authentic and not stepping into that world of the clickbait and, you know... Well, I think like what you guys even do here is so incredible at AfterBuzz. Like niche is peace. Mm-hmm. Once you have a niche, it's you can justify whatever you're going to do. So I'm not making videos about like how to build a microphone if that's what's popular because it just won't apply to my channel. But I can do, if if microphones are popular right now in this fictitious world, I can do like practice giving a blowjob to a microphone. Like I, I can that. always find a way to create my... How would that start? Yeah, um, well, but this one is kind of difficult. There's a lot going on, sometimes right? Sometimes that happens. Though. Yes, sometimes. It's, <laughs> sometimes I've never, that's the I've case. never seen this particular sometime happen, but I leave space for all <laughs> unexpected things. But nonetheless, I think like yeah, because I have a niche, I always have. It's I can always justify why I'm talking about a certain topic, and just like you guys have a niche here, and so it's not clickbaity if you're talking about what happened mm-hmm. in media, because that's what the hex you do. Now, with YouTube uh, and social media, mostly with Instagram, we talk about this a lot in sexuality and how over-sexualized our community has become. Uh, Do you feel, personally, I kind of look at that and I say, it's because we aren't having these conversations. It's because we're allowing certain things to happen and instead we shun. What is your take on, like, the, the shift of sexuality and where we are right now with the internet i don't know if the shift like i think people have this alarmist uh, attitude about sex like the kids today are having sexy hunger they're doing crazy things and it's like we're all pretty much doing the same seven activities and biologically we develop along the same timeline just like most people walk at the same around the same age they talk at around the same age and most people's sexual hormones and their coccyx fuses at around the 16 17 year old mark and so but majority of people are still having their first 
urges for sexuality mm-hmm. around that time um, to partner with somebody else. I mean, a lot of us are humping since age five, but that's just in your privacy, your bedroom. I just mean to say that I think we have this idea that people exposure equals activity mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily work out that way because people may not be prepared for it. And if they do, maybe it's something that they want to continue with because the hormones aren't there to reinforce that behavior. But by and large, I think that the youth are doing better. They're so smart. Like when I first got into sex education, like the question for women of like, how does one orgasm? Like, what is an orgasm? (laughs) That was every single day. And I feel like now we live in a time with so much clitoracy, uh, clitoris literacy, and people really know so much more about female sexual pleasure. They know so much more about kinks and fetishes and gender um, identification. They're, They're so smart and there's so many tools and they're using them properly. So I'm optimistic about the youth. Are you not? I'm fine with them. Are you happy with the youth? I'm happy where they are. I'm excited to see where we're going to actually be in 15 years from now. Mm -hmm. Because I think more so than the youth, I think, sorry, but like, I think there's an older generation that I'm, um, it's so horrible. Like, are you waiting for them to die? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that I'm excited. Like, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I don't mean it like that, but it's just how I'm saying it. Like, I'm kind of like just interested to see what life is going to be like <laughs> yes. when a certain generation is just gone and those yes. theories and ideas aren't really like embedded in the system because I feel like with technology, it washed that allowance out. Yes. You no longer can be embedded in my system because I have access to anything I want to have access mm-hmm. to and I can teach myself. I can learn. Yes. You know? A hundred percent. I was just having this conversation. Someone was like, what do you think about sex education in schools? I'm like, it's the longest running joke. Your grandma <laughs> can make this joke. Your great grandma, you can make this joke and your niece or nephew can make this joke. Like it's a consistent through line of people being like, it's trash. There is nothing that I learned. They said the craziest, corniest, most non-applicable stuff. There was no interesting conversations that were engaged in around sex education in school. So it's just a bad joke at this it's, point. It's like very like a taboo. Like I, when I think of sex education in my school growing up, like, and obviously it was a long time ago, but it was very vague. It was like, yeah, I didn't, we didn't even get the banana and the condom. Apparently right. That's yes. what the kids did after me, you know, after me. But I look at it today. And so actually I was on Instagram and I was scrolling through my stories and this girl posted, um, this t- uh, book that's about to be released in the schools out here in California. And it was a sex education chapter and it broke all the sub chapters. And one of them was like gore play, blood play, oh, wow. all these things. And I was just like, and she was going off in her stories like, how dare the state does it? Da, 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 da. And I was talking to someone, actually, she's in our chat room, Ashley Gray, who is a te- was a teacher at the time. And she said, you know, I hear what these kids are talking about. And like, maybe like some of that was a little, you know, forward, but the kids are, have access to these tablets, these yes. computers, you know, and you know, why let them hear that through that without having the conversation in a safe environment? Mm-hmm. How young would you say is an appropriate time to kind of start that conversation? Four. Really? Three. When you can start having English, right? It's just the same way you're explaining to a child, this is your arm, this is your leg. This is your genitals. This is your vagina or your penis, whatever word you want to use to describe them. Um, they, 
I really like have issue with like, when do you start the talk? I'm like, it's a conversation. It's a continuous conversation Mm -hmm. that has to happen. It should be age appropriate as you start to see them develop and their interests in their sexual side start to develop. You start answering questions. You also make yourself someone that they can come and talk to. Because if you've waited till 16 to bring it up with them, that muscle memory is not there to even come to you to have these discussions, to talk about the vulnerabilities. And so the parents that I know who do it really well have been doing it the entire time. That doesn't say you can't start today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to start like it's not don't wait. If you're waiting to have the sex talk, if you're waiting for that, um, you may have already missed the boat. But go ahead. Just wave it down and, and get on that boat really quickly. Hey, I want to. Some people in the chat room are, are loving that you're here. Uh, shout out to Read, Love, Listen. I want to let's let's get into it. You know, what I mean, if you have a question, let's go. Uh, she said, <laughs> "Hmm, I think she's open about communication, but I think she made a vague video. But I think closed, but open in regards to communication." I want you to expand on that because I, I think she's talking about my relationship style. Okay. So because um, you just dropped through one relationship shouldn't be hard. Yes. Right? Uh, they should not be hard. Can we let's talk. Let's talk about it. Communication in a relationship. Yes. Um, what do I say? I always say that when people say communication is key in relationships. Right. It's kind of like saying, you know, but how honest are you? You know, how honest are you? I loved uh, you just the last video you just released. Um, you the cartoons too is just yes. literally you're perfect like you are gonna be Jessie, an amazing human being just in this world clap up and into my womb right seriously, now seriously like we need a podcast we need like Let's, yeah. literally to be on like the you're like the new bill nigh the science girl. hey do you want to touch again okay okay thank you That's i great. see it like and then even <laughs> to meet you in person like yes yes okay. But so with communication, do how, how do I how do how much is too much? How do I pull back? You know, in this last video I just saw you do, you really understood your subject and you found all of her strengths and she just needs to reorganize and understand her tool belt. Yes. How do you develop that tool belt? How would someone how would you recommend somebody at home to say, you know what, I need to work on communication. What's my first step? What tool do I reach for first? Yeah, I think quizzes are a great tool for communication, especially when it comes to relationships. Because again, going back to the fact that we don't get this language as a general consensus in school. The school system is so important because it's great if one person has a mom who's hella cool, who teaches them all the information, makes them very emotionally intelligent, Mm -hmm. and they're very sex positive. But you still have 29 other people in your classroom who are not operating in the same system as you. So I like quizzes because it provides people with language because it's one thing for people to say talk in relationships. It's a second layer to say, well, what do we talk about? How do I communicate these really complex feelings that I have that I've actually never been given a word for? Mm. I don't actually understand why I get so jealous or why I get so worked up. What's the word to describe that and how can I affirm that to my partner? So love languages. Do you know yours? I don't. Oh, come on, Jesse. I know. I did it one time at like Barnes and Nobles with my homegirl, Ebony. And like, I remember she wrote the whole list that was like so long. I think that's so important because that's like our first time having almost like a universal description for how we describe or even talk about love. Because like we need language to communicate. We need yeah. language that both you know and I know. So I think love language is a really great start. What is yours? Mine is physical um, touch, which I is I think obvious. mine would be, I th- I'm pretty sure mine was physical. Yeah. I'm weirded out by it because of my past and I have an understanding of it. But I think that's where, because of that, that is what it is. That's where my strength in it is. I always try and think about love languages like when you're distressed for whatever reason, if you're going through something where you don't feel like you're kind of out of water, love is what grounds you. 
So like, Mm. what is that communication method? Is it a gift? Is it an act of service? Is it quality time? Is it touch? Like what's that thing that grounds you and like puts you and roots you in love? Yeah, it would be okay. Quality time or touch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Drop the mic. Sit back. (laughs) Done with that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So with communication today, though, a lot of kids we're so used to texting. We're so used to like when when if I was to text you, the sound of my voice to you and my message to you is going to be different than when I'm in person. Yes. How do you mesh all of that together? There's pros to texting. I think for a lot of people, um, it's very difficult for them to manage their emotions, especially around touchy subjects. And texting, there's no one cutting each other off. Texting is an opportunity to express all of your feelings in one clear, concise way. And it's an opportunity for you to think before you say something. So for a lot of people, texting might be the better option when it comes to conflict resolution. Obviously, if you can do in person, but not everybody's a pro. Not everybody, like, that's not their Mm -hmm. method of choice. Not everyone is securely attached. And so I don't look down on somebody who would prefer to communicate via texting if they feel like that's where they can be their absolute best, most clearest self. Um, but yes, you do leave some up the mat. You, you do leave some room for error. Mm-hmm. There's also room for error when it comes to person to person because sometimes when I'm texting you an email and my I'm like, but it comes across really nice. <laughs> so if you were my face and you saw me, you would see those subtle facial cues that say that the macros, I'm, right? The little macros. macros, yes. So I think that they both have their pros and cons. It's just position yourself to be as clear as possible. Communication is yes about what you say, but mostly about what you want to accomplish. Mm. And so if you want to accomplish, I want this person to understand what they did was not cool. Sometimes when you're in person, your emotions and everything else distracts Mm. from what your communication method or your actual message is. Mm. It's true. And sometimes just writing it down, it it gets it out your mind, get out your system. Yes. And no one can be like, no, like cutting you off before you finish your thought. And you're getting worked up. Like, I didn't get to finish what I'm saying. I don't get to listen to me talk. Like none of that happens with texting. You can't, you can't cut my text off. I'm in total control here. Okay. And don't leave your read receipts on. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, (laughs) (laughs) now I know you've been following Sham for a minute. Yes. You got yeah. a few questions for her. I do. Okay. So, Jamie, you're an undercover fan because you did not reveal this to me. Well, okay, because I had to like keep it cool and chill. You know what she's I'm saying? like, she's, she's well, an undercover. And like, we're both Aries, but I know you're not like all into that, but you're <laughs> such an Aries, whether you want to admit it or not. Okay, so one of my questions for you is um, I know that you are, I'm going to say that you're recently married, even though it was last year. You're yes. still kind of a newlywed because it's not quite a year yet. So, congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Um, I know that you were in an open relationship and maybe. You know, I know that you recently posted how relationships should not be hard. Yes. I always hear that marriages are hard and that, you know, when you two become one, things change. How has marriage changed your insight on relationships and just really everything? Has it affected you or made you change anything? You know what's so great is like Jared's in my peripheral vision right now. So I just <laughs> feel like I'm speaking about him and not talking with him. Uh, it, it literally has changed nothing for us. Wow. But in a wonderful way. You know what I mean? Like I said yes to marriage because I'm like, this is amazing. What we share is amazing. What we've built is amazing. More of this. Right. And so if he would have, it would have been, I guess it would have been cool if we would have gotten married. And he's like, just so you know, I have 10 more inches on my dick or whatever <laughs> secret thing he would have been keeping from Surprise! Me. Yeah, you know, like, oh, like I actually can cook. I wasn't going to show you before, oh, but oh, now, now that we're married, 
right? I mean, Jared, he's a good cook, okay? He does a great lasagna. But I mean, like, there wasn't like he was holding, I wasn't holding back anything from our partnership. We already lived together at the time. We had already met each other's family. We already shared, we actually opened a business together. So there wasn't, marriage is an extension of what we already shared and a celebration of what we already had. It wasn't an opportunity to make something greater. Um, And I don't think either one of us looked at it that way. So for me, it was positive. And to that question of it being open or not open, we didn't change our relationship structure because of marriage. We, we, we chose the title of marriage to celebrate how good our relationship structure had worked for us. Mm. That's awesome. Structure. Structure. Because that's all it is at the end of the day. It's clear communication, making sure each person understands. And when both of you guys can take that wall down and really be able to say those things that sometimes you get chilled. I'm going to challenge about. you guys to do my commitment quiz. Okay? Right. It's a way to def- determine what your ideal relationship structure is. So if you go to the game of desire.com slash commitment, you can do a quiz. There's nine different results you can possibly get. I think it's a really great starting point for relationship conversations. Cause I think we're now starting to look at it like love is not one size fits all. Mm-mm. I think for a long ass time, Disney had us feeling like if you ain't got purple hair and your man isn't six foot tall and can sing it's not going to work for you but now i think we're starting to realize that polyamory is a wonderful choice and lgbtqt plus have incredible relationships and they know themselves and they love and they live and they're happy Mm -hmm. and there are people who are in a monogamous relationship who may want to go to a nude resort every once in a while and swap partners and they're still happy too so and there of course there's still people who are just like it's me and you for life and they're incredibly fulfilled. So there's no one right way to love. It's mm-hmm. the joy is in finding the person who agrees with what's right for you. Amen. Okay. So you got to do the love language quiz and the commitment quiz. That's Ooh, I wish I, I wish you I had that this paper. This was going to be fun. This love is a homework time. <laughs> I really did do it at Barnes and Nobles one time. It was just long. But all right. So please tell us about the game and desires yes, because this is your new book. You saw that I brought it. I'm I actually. Did. Do you have a copy? No. Yes. Yeah, we were supposed to get sent it. Yeah, we got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So she I'll, give it to I'll me. Gift it away. Oh, girl, I, I, I need to be in charge of the email. Well, I had it. Let's That's why I need to be in charge of the email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I come with gifts. It's my. It's one of my love preferred it. love languages. Um, which you shouldn't have a love language you prefer to give others, but I like giving gifts. Um, my book is the story of well, how. Well, well, well. Now we know a little bit more about y'all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know what happens on lasagna night. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since lasagna night, Jay. Let's bring that back. Um, <laughs> The book is the story of how I worked with six women who were down on love, short end of the stick daters. I think we all have a friend like that who they're really great, but when it comes to the love department, it's constant crash and burn. And that's who I was seeking out for this book because I wanted to re-energize them. I wanted to make them masterful connectors. I wanted them to feel like they were in the driver's seat of their love lives. I wanted them to be flirtatious as hell and proud of their ability to get who they want and get the love life that they wanted. So the book is half self-help, but it's also just half a really crazy story. Now, why, how do you, as, you know, you're a YouTuber, you sit there, you talk to people in person. Was it hard for you as a creative to put this into, I don't want to say segments, but different books? Like like sitting down and saying, you know what, this is the topic that I'm going to discuss with people because right now the game of desire, like how do your, how's your creativity kind of separate that for you, putting them from YouTube videos and putting them into writing, creating this kind of 
structure for another person. Yeah. Learn. What was kind of cool is I, I began as a writer. So my first book came out in 2009, which is 10 years ago, but... a decade ago, 85 staying alive, you know. Um, but so I my foray into my work as a sex educator began with a book. And so now that I've built up a bit more of a name for myself and I've built a bit more credentials in the field, it's my another book is coming out 10 years later. So it was actually like I felt deeply in my joy. And this is literally the best thing I've ever done in my life. Why? What were the down. feeling getting into it? Because obviously 10 years, that's a long time mm-hmm. to step away from something, you know, and then to get back into it. Were you nervous? Were you scared? Was Heck it like getting yes. back into getting into a relationship? Yes, it was like all of the above. I mean, relationships, I think, are a bit more fun <laughs> because you 100% know what you put in is what you're going to get out. You know, you, you put in the effort, you work on yourself, and that should manifest in the relationship. With a book, there's so many, like, non factors you cannot predict, right? How who's going to pick it up or who's going to talk about it or how many people are going to buy it, even if even it is really amazing. So my fear was like so, so high because I knew I had so little control in this space, but I just kind of wanted to make a great product and let the rest be up to God or the Sagittarius rising moon or whoever's in control. <laughs> you in, all right? Whoever's in control. I just, you know, I wanted to make sure I did my part by doing great work and the rest is the rest. Now, it's so funny because so all right being from Canada coming over here to America us being from Canada us being from Canada (laughs) fictionally all right in the next book she's writing um what is it what's the difference because I look at it too like I grew up with immigrant parents so my idea of sex was very different because of that when I would go over to certain friends house what's is there a difference American versus Canadian and how families or how people treat that you know i've never been to europe or whatever but people always tell me that oh it's very open sexually Uh is it kind of similar in canada or i i had to burp and i was hoping you would keep talking so that i could (laughs) but you know what this is why we do live shows because finish the let them know no let them really know who you are girl (laughs) um it's very similar actually and we had i don't know if you're familiar with the crack smoking mayor from Toronto? Yes, actually. So his brother... Not like I don't know him, but like right, I heard, you, okay, heard, the heard, story. heard the story. So Rob Ford's brother is actually in power as like the premier who would be like a governor um, of Ontario right now. And he rolled back sex education to like 1997. Mm-hmm. So it was updated to something more recent. And his whole platform was to bring it backwards because he's more conservative. So I think that Canada is going through a very similar struggle in terms of censorship. One of the things I learned in school for sexology that was really fascinating is that a, if you look at a country's porn, that will tell you a lot about their attitudes oh towards God, sex. Well, because the further America's removed mess, huh? American porn is like out of this world. It's not relatable at all, at right? All. It's massive boobs and the world's biggest dicks and crazy scenarios. You don't watch porn to see yourself or see someone who looks like you because we have this shame around sexuality. Mm-hmm. We don't even want to envision ourselves. But they say in places like Thailand or in Sweden, the porn looks like someone you'd see at the grocery store. They're regular people doing regular stuff. And so, because people want to envision themselves in the act. And so our attitudes around sex are still very much like, okay, I might engage, but it's actually not me. Mm. It's this other separate part of me that I don't talk about. It's this fantasized, fictional side of me versus like, this is a real part of who I am and I'm really proud of it. 
That's so interesting too, because then I think about like Japan with like all these like video games that they have. There's like they had to do like a whole like raid on it. A lot of them because they're video games of you being able to do all these crazy things and almost live these certain specific fantasies. And I see some of y'all nasty on the side of my, my all y'all nasty as I'm on Pornhub on the side with your little fantasy <laughs> video games or whatnot too. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, all right, last hot topic before we do this because one of the funnier interviews that I saw with you was with Steve Harvey. Yes, um, you know what I mean because Steve Harvey Uncle got them. Steve. Uncle Steve, he got them old school rules. Yes. You know what I mean. He grew up where apparently I grew up, but you know he could not. Oh, you guys came from the same town? No, absolutely not. But like okay. meaning like you know what I mean, just like old school values. <laughs> but he couldn't even wrap his head around the idea. That you being in a relationship and like, you know, if I want to go see someone else, I'm going to go see someone else. I'm going to check with my partner and be like, yo, this is what I'm doing. He's going to be cool with it. And that's where we are. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that understanding. Well, now that's what we saw. But like after the fact, was there a deeper conversation? Did he have, did he come to kind of an understanding? I don't know. I mean, like Steve is this like, he's such a lovely character and he's had me back on the show and every single time I'm back on the show and he sees my wedding ring, he always makes a big deal out of it as if it's him who's responsible. And I always give it to him like, yes, Steve, it's because of you I'm married. Thank oh, you so much okay. for your advice. But well, I mean, he, he represents a very particular popular sector of the population um, who have certain values based on the times. And a lot of our values are, determinant of being successful during that given time. Like our parents' ideals of what kind of job we should have is based on when they were in the job market, Mm. what jobs were being picked up, what successes they saw. So for him, he's trying to give me advice based on when he was a single guy, what determined a successful dater back then. And I I respect it. And I think it can work for some people. And I think that there's, I honestly, sometimes people say to me, like, I don't agree with your values. I don't agree with your opinion. And in that tone too, like, I don't agree. I'm like, I don't know. There's not to agree with because I'm affirming whatever works for you. I am affirming love isn't one size fits all. I'm affirming that everyone deserves to be their own relationship expert because this is an area that we all have stake in. We're all in this game together. And so I'm not disagreeing with anyone's opinion because I'm like, if that works for you, it's right. And I wonder if he gets that now because I see this whole thing with Miss Lori Harvey and Diddy running around on uh, the Insta story. Yes. Where well, Lori's she... got a very, like, she's a very exciting young woman. She you, was have dating... you met her? No, I have, okay. I've seen her on the show a couple times when I was there, um, but she was dating Trey Songs as well, yeah. too. <laughs> so she's doing it. I, like, applaud you, Lori Harvey. I don't know, you know what I mean? Just Change shout out to you. Change your stepdaddy's views, you know what yes, I mean? Yeah, shout out to you. Live, live and prove. Uh, what's next for you? What do we have working on right now? I know you have your perfect date on YouTube. Yes. Which uh, I love it. I just, I love the integration of the cartoon and your storytelling. Where does that come for you? creatively like was the cartoon just like I just don't want to be in it like no the cartoon is literally the prologue of the book okay um just just read out loud and so they're really honestly my book has been out for six days so there is no next there's this right now when you give birth to a baby someone's like when are you gonna have the second one I'm enjoying my new baby yes let me breastfeed see you in 10 years let me nurture my baby let me spend some time get to know my baby like have it meet the world and watch how excited this book is when it meets new people like that's what I really want to just do for a while and then I'll have sex again without protection and make another baby but for now I'm not sure that's going to be because this this is exciting to me amen so we're first thing we're doing is we're going to the game of desire 
dot qualm. And we take in the quiz. We're taking the free quiz because if you need to be convinced with the free, come on, let's do it. Well, we always like free. Get the free. And we like a quiz because it's going to like prompt oh, we love us a to quiz. do something. Yes, mm-hmm. I love a quiz. Then we're going to go. And we're going to purchase this across all platforms, right? Yes. Because you also have an audio. Yes. If, you if you're like, I don't really read, it's like, <laughs> download the audio. Yes, get There's the audio really book. really no excuse. Right, it's just a beautiful podcast. And it's time to listen. It's ti- it is time to listen, Jesse. It's time to listen. Sh- show them your book. Okay, your I'll book. show So we just, right. you know what I mean? Okay. The Game of Desire, Shan Budram. Yeah. Where can everyone follow you? Uh, Shan Booty, Booty with a D uh, for my last booty name, not D. my anatomy. Booty yes. With yes. A D. Shan, she right here with a booty with a D. Hey, Shan with a D. Shan with a D. She got a booty with a booty with a booty with a D. Hey. Shan with a D is actually really nice. I like that. Shan got the D. Shan got the D. Let it be lasagna night and she got the. Hey. Jamie, I love you. Where can everyone follow you? Yes. Okay, guys. So you can find me on Twitter. It's Jamie Gray or on Instagram at Jamie Gray, J A I M I. Boom. Again, Shan, thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love you you dearly. Thank you. You are wonderful. Your Sagittarius is rising. You are risen. Okay, Jesus. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure you guys hit us up across all streaming platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Hit us up at Instagram at AfterBuzz Tonight. Hit me up at DJ Jesse J. And remember, only you can prevent your dreams from coming true. Peace. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.